Hello and welcome to the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. We're your hosts, Parker Nillman. And Stephen Craig. This is episode 233. Well, unfortunately, yesterday, today is, what, Tuesday, July... 14th. 14th? June 14th. It's July. It's July. Yeah, the... You just said June, or did I say June? <laughs> Never mind. No. We're, we're good. We're good. Continue we're on. We're good. We're good. Okay. Um, unfortunately, Grant Imahara passed away Monday this week, um, which is a huge loss to electrical engineers or actually anyone that followed Mythbusters, um, stuff like that. It's kind of a shame. He was taken way too early, 49 years old. Yeah, unfortunately, it was a brain aneurysm. Um, yeah, Grant Grant was was super creative on MythBusters. Well, and and all the shows that he was on, like he was he was always the guy that like really when something needed to get built, he was just like, I got this. And there'd be like this weird contraption he makes. Well, not just that, but also had a really good eye for like the scientific theory and mm-hmm. making sure stuff was repeatable when they were doing tests. Um, and actually, just how do you test something was a big part of what he did. Um, I actually got to meet him at a Maker Fair out in San Mateo one year. He probably didn't remember me. I saw him, and I was like, I'm like, ah, it's you. <laughs> and he's like, uh, okay. You're that guy. No, the, I mean, he, uh, he probably ran into thousands of people that day. Yeah, there so. was a lot of Parkers there. Yeah, a lot, yeah. lot of randos. Yeah, uh, I tried a handful of times to get Grant onto the show. Just because, like, we had a connection with Mauser, and Mauser had a slight connection with him, so it was like a super way backdoor kind of thing, and uh, it didn't work out. Yeah. So. so, pour one out for our homies. Yep. You say it's like a, a celebrity passed away. Most celebrities I don't really care about, but Grant's one of those that actually. He's not just a celebrity. He's not famous because he's famous. He's famous because he's a really good teacher. And really cared about, uh, you know, educating other people. On- well, in our space, I think he fit within the influencer model. But, like, influencer as in, like, not Instagram model influencer. Influencer as in, like, wow, I can potentially do that or be that smart one day, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I, uh, that's, that's a good way to put it. Been kind of a bummer all day. Yeah, so. it sucks. Yeah. So, speaking of bummers all day, Stephen, you've been working on spy code. I've been I've been working on something really stupid all day, and and I'm kind of laughing now, only because I'm at home and I have a beer in front of me. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> so I designed uh, I designed a product. Uh, I've been I've been designing this product for the past handful of months, and uh, we we got one uh, the the initial prototype made and. Everything fired up on that initial prototype, and like I had to make some board changes, you know, cut traces and what, run some wires and stuff, and that's fairly normal, honestly, for the the kind of stuff we do. Uh, and so, like, it was time to make another uh, board change, and uh, I just got the boards delivered to me like two days ago, and I finally decided to turn them on today, and uh, lo and behold, like they just don't work. And oh no, <laughs> yeah, and 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 and, I was, and you said this was like the second rev. This is this is totally second rev. First rev worked. I mean, first rev had every function working, 
like straight up just didn't have them in the ranges we want or they didn't have kind of the flavor we want that's the hard, that's the weird thing about working in in this particular uh sector of uh engineering cuz you can you can get something working on paper perfectly but no one likes it and so like okay great yeah you have to go change the I, I like how you how you describe that it's the flavor <laughs> 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 oh my God! You'd be surprised at all the words we use for the for this crap. Um, in fact, in fact, the 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 main work that we call is, uh, or the main thing we say that our work is is voicing. Like you get the boards, mm. and then you have to get them functioning, but then they usually sound like trash, and so you voice them. You give them their own voice until they sound your way. And then everyone gives you kind of pointers on voicing things. And and what's funny is you usually start with like pure, good, solid engineering practice, and then you butcher that until it sounds good, you know? <laughs> so so but 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 we're we're not talking about the the aesthetics side of things right now. We're talking purely functionality. And I I I was pulling my hair out for like half the damn day because I get my boards and and they, you know, we, we made a handful of changes, like a ton of changes to the analog side of things and mainly just a few small changes to the digital side of things. Previously, we ran the first uh, prototype on an RC oscillator. We decided to go with a crystal to make it a little bit more accurate this time around. Uh, we, we changed like we changed from running LEDs directly from our processor to running an LED driver because we added a handful of LEDs. We changed some button and some encoder things. But all of these are just like signals, you know? Nothing like big that just, you know, so pins change. They're just like the salt and pepper of the flavor. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Very simple things. Uh, and, and, and this board has two quad DACs. 12-bit DACs on it, which we've used these DACs for years. They've, they're proven. We have SPI code that works with these that's proven. I mean, there's nothing special here. I even wrote code on the first revision that made the entire thing work. So I go and I fire them up. Absolutely doesn't work. I try to port my code from the previous revision onto this revision. Doesn't work. Nothing happening. The DACs are just not spitting anything out. Um, funny, funny enough, I actually, at the very last minute, well, actually my firmware guy requested this, but I was also like, you know, this is a great idea. I added four surface mount pads that just are in the processor area that are just SPI ports. They, like I just dropped SPI lines to it and I was like, well, I'm not going to need it. But you know, he, he asked for it cause he wants to look it on the scope. Well, I ended up needing it all day long, <laughs> which <laughs> SPI is super easy. Well, Okay, I shouldn't say super easy, but it's not difficult, right? SPI yeah, yeah. is like you, you you have a few settings, you have some speeds to deal with, you have some timing to deal with, but other than that, like it's really straightforward and you know, you can use the built-in functions on your processor or you can bit bang and like you're probably going to be fine, especially because I'm on a prototype level and I'm just trying to bring up my unit here. So I end up spending half the damn day just trying to figure out why my DACs, they were either spitting out zero volts or half scale or some other thing and they were not controllable. And I got down to the point where I've got multiple probes going on and I'm trying to figure out crap. And I like, I was fighting not bringing out the DLA. I just, the, 
I feel like once you bring out the DLA, you're like, okay, shit's real. Like, I've got, to, like, you know? <laughs> well, no, because, like, you like, okay, now I've got to fire up a bunch of different programs and, like, solder on wires or whatnot. Like, and it's just like, I, I, if I could figure this out without getting the DLA out, that'd be great. And what's weird is, like, I spent most of the day looking at my chip select signals, and they all looked fine. Guaranteed my, my what is it? Mosey, M-O-S-I. Um, I, well, okay. I guess we're not supposed to call it Mosey anymore, right? Uh, the data out. I can't remember what what the the new approved words are for for the uh, the master out slave in uh, ideas. Whatever. Regardless, that signal. Like I'm getting all of my data out, and my clock is running fine, and I'm measuring these right at my deck, and everything looks great. And I do that for like God hours today and it's just blowing my mind and then i don't i have no idea what changed but later in the day i end up just like setting my scope up to trigger off of my chip select and i'm watching my uh, my data and my clock you know separately because i only have two probes and randomly the chip select starts going high partway through transmission which the code just doesn't make that possible like i have no idea how my chip select is going randomly high somewhere in the middle of my data transmission which i don't remember seeing that earlier in the day i remember seeing my chip select being low the entire transmission so i just get i kind of get pissed off and i just start throwing no ops some nop code just like in the code somewhere i just start barfing nops and then copying like 20 at a time and pasting 20 20 20 like just like hammering tons of just like random delays and after posting like <laughs> an unbelievable amount of knobs <laughs> like the code just started working oh no and like i freaking hate that like i hate that so much when especially when like i'm literally posting or pasting in a ton of extra code into code that I know works on a previous revision that has the same processor and the same DAC, but for some reason, it's just different. Is it different pins? Same uh, same data pin and same clock pin, different chip select pin. I wonder if that chip select pin is do doing something else. I wonder if it is too. And the thing is, like, I went through... I went because I do. I use CubeMX in STM world to define mm -hmm. all the pins and do all of that jazz. I went through CubeMX to make sure that all the settings in that looked the same at least, and then in the GPIO init functions that it automatically craps out. I did a side by side comparison of my old firmware and my new firmware, and they look identical other than the pin number. But something about changing that chip select pin just made everything puke. And need some delays. Because you remember when we were doing the the macro watch, the first revision with the pick was a pick twelve? Uh or sixteen. I it might have been a twelve, yeah. I think it was a twelve. It Anyways, was an old school pick. It really old because it was the cheapest pick microcontroller you could buy. Yeah. Basically on, on Mauser. And that was in a QFN style package because it was small enough. Mm. And remember that pin uh, on port A, pin one, it's set up by default as a comparator. <laughs> and it doesn't let you know that, except it's in a footnote in the PDF somewhere. And we were trying to use it as an output of the, an output for an LED. And it just would not work. 
until we basically had to write in, oh, yeah, turn that off, and so then you can turn this on. And then everything worked fine. Yeah, everything worked. You would think writing the function to turn that pin into an output was like pin out or pin port A out or whatever it's called in, in Pickland. And you think doing that would turn that stuff off. No, you actually, for that one pin, you have to say, hey, turn the comparator off. Yeah. That was funky. It's something, something going to be like that. It's going to be like that. This, you know, and, but he, here's the thing. I'm not the guy writing the firmware for this product. I'm the hardware and analog engineer. Well, I'm, I'm the hardware engineer because I did all the digital stuff too. I was literally writing bring up code just to make sure I could write to the DAX to prove that the analog section is working properly. So my code is just going to be forgotten. Like no one's going to use my code. Uh, so it's super annoying when you spend six hours trying to just get SPI to work, knowing that you're only doing that to begin the work. You know, like <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, so yeah. annoying. And That's what uh, testing's all about, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this happens, and I'm sure people listening are like, yep, I've been there. You know, like, it's just, <laughs> I, it feels awful when you burn a day. Although, he, here's the thing, I have to admit, I was so frustrated and so pissed off at this and so determined to do well that the last, like, two, three hours of the day, I just flew through validating this stuff because I was just like, I know what I need to do and I'm going to do it because I hate this thing right now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and, the, and the great thing is like the majority of the, the new stuff that I have works. I mean, there's a few small changes I have to make. But like, I could have figured that out by lunchtime if I just got in this morning and was like, hey, DAC right, like I've always done. And yeah, it just worked, functioned, but, yeah. but no, no, it had to just, and, and, and here's the worst part I, that I absolutely hate is like, I made a new revision, brand new board layout, a hundred different things changed. You know, I, I fire it up and I'm like, Hey, old revision works. This one should work. I load the code onto it and it doesn't work immediately in my head. I start going, is the board messed up? Are, is the, did we place a wrong component somewhere? Like you stop and you, you say like, Oh God, like. The, the 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 possibilities of problems here are huge endless yeah yeah endless right yeah so ah uh, it's just like i said i got a beer now i'm sitting i'm doing the podcast like everything's all right now <laughs> it was just it was a crappy day so. ah I feel like but that. we got it woo yep yeah i hate spi code even though it's like super easy So I've been working on that. Uh, ooh, I just bumped my mic. Sorry about that, everyone. Um, the uh, the cat feeder unreminder. And um, Tom Anderson in our Slack channel suggested a couple different parts, but one that caught my attention. And it was to use that bagel toaster controller I see from a couple years back. So, so, so r- remind us what is that, Parker? So that's a dedicated IC from Diodes Incorporated that is designed to run a toaster. Um, it's a simplified toaster, I should say. But it's a it's an SOIC 8 or DIP 8 package part that is designed to run a toaster, and it got um, kind of social media renowned as having the bagel pin. Yeah, like legitimately, the data sheet has a pin. Bagel. Yeah, it's the, the chip has got a pin called bagel. 
It also has one called Reheat and Defrost, but Bagel's pretty funny. And so I, <laughs> I, I pulled up the data sheet today. I'm starting to look at it, and I'm like, I wonder if we could actually make the cat feeder unreminder with this. And the big the big thing with it is got to be low power, and it's got to have like an 18-ish time, hour timer on it, right? That's what we're shooting for. You got to really cook those bagels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little to- toasted, toasted bagels. And so I started looking at the IC, and I'm like, okay, I wonder if you could actually set this thing to trigger at 18 hours. I completely gloss over the fact that that's actually in the fourth line under features <laughs> of what the timer could be set to. Yeah, I immediately jumped to the frequency calculations. <laughs> well, well, one of the things I think is funny is is almost every podcast, before we actually press the record button, Parker and I bullshit for, I mean, we've had some times where we bullshitted for like an entire podcast length before yes. pressing record. And we were like, oh, damn, we should have been recording that entire time because yeah. like. We have to repeat all of this, but, you know, we never really seem to have a problem with talking too much. So, but the, but the funny thing is, like, we talked we talk so much and, like, dug through this entire data sheet. And, and we're trying to find all of this timing stuff. And it's written on the fourth line of the data sheet. Yeah, under features. Um, where it says, adjustable timer, 30 seconds to about 10 minutes. Yeah. That's a really, that's a key word with this data sheet. Yeah, about. about. And so I started looking into, okay, can we actually set it to 18 hours? And it says the timer circuit with the default, it's got like an RC circuit um, that sets the timer. And it says you can set the timer with the, uh, what's it, 8.192 kilohertz, which is, I guess, the oscillator or what the oscillator is set to by default is 30 seconds. And so I'm like, okay, if... Um, and then you, you keep reading and it says the external RC oscillator can be set between 20 hertz and 20 kilohertz, which is funny. That's actually audible range. Huh. It's kind of interesting. That's yeah. uh, that's. It's I wonder that if this is a repurposed chip. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Um, and so I'm like, okay, if 8.192 kilohertz is 30 seconds, if I set it to 200 hertz, what you would get, and it was like, what, 20 minutes? About. Yeah, it was about 20 minutes. And so I'm like, okay, I guess that's about 10 minutes, right? Yeah. But the best thing was how they came up with that calculation for that 30 seconds. So they have the, the, the calculation is 245,720 divided by the oscillation frequency, which in this case, 8,192, which equals 30. So I'm like, okay, where did they get that two four five seven two zero number from? Which which they just pull out of their ass and just put it up on the data sheet. Yeah, it's just it's just there. <laughs> it's on uh, it's on page three under timer circuit if people want to follow from home. And so I'm like, okay, where does that number come from? So I start digging through and start uh, and they're like, okay, we have the RC circuit is forty seven k resistor with a three three two capacitor code. Um, capacitor, which was what three point three nanofarads, right? Three three two, I think, is yeah, three point three nanofarads. And so, if you just do one over RC of that, you get no, you get nowhere near what these numbers are. So it's not it's not one over RC. It's not, it's a, not a classic delay. RC filter. No. And so, I keep digging in, and I'm like, where does this two hundred forty five thousand seven hundred 
245k number come from? And then I read internal oscillator has a frequency of about 256k. <laughs> ah, if if about 10 minutes is about 20 minutes, then 256k <laughs> must be about 246k. <laughs> There's a lot of aboutisms going on in here. I, like, think- I mean, just, just just stop for a second and focus on the fact that, like, this is a bagel toaster chip. Like, about is good enough for a bagel, right? Yeah. 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 But, like, you would think that if you're trying, like, th- this is an actual data sheet that, that, like, they give information on. You would think that, you know, there'd be some form of, like, hey, we got this number here. Or here's what this number means, but no, it's just a string of two four five seven two zero divided by this yeah. gives you about thirty seconds. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> yep. I mean, I, w- with these kinds of data sheets, down at the bottom, there's a um, a recommended toaster schematic, and by recommended toaster schematic, this is the toaster schematic. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this circuit, this this IC only works if you do this way, <laughs> right? Yeah, only works about if you do this way. Yeah. So I think I I want to try to get one of these ICs and just, like, put it together and be like, what if I just went below that 200 hertz? Yeah. And well, just, and, and, and that's well, just the still thing. function. If you look at the uh, block diagram for it, the, I think the oscillator uh, feeds the logic control circuit. So the question is, I mean, they say the minimum is 200 hertz. But, like, what is it that's preventing it from going lower than 200? Like, why is 200 the yeah. minimum? You know, maybe you it, find that about one hurt is good enough, you know? Yeah. Well, it could be whatever register they're using uh, for the timer stops operating below a certain frequency. Right. It could be a lot of things. Yeah, it could be a lot. But that, this, that would be great to have a bagel controller to be your cat controller. Yeah, that would be awesome. But there's, uh, I can't remember the right name for that, but there is, like in microcontrollers, why you, a lot of microcontrollers, um, older microcontrollers, you could like step manually by giving clock signals into the, like that's how you could step through your program. Nowadays, you can't really do that. It's There's something with the memory needing to be refreshed. If It's not kind of like DRAM. There's a certain name for it. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Hmm. Someone will remember and then... Post it on, on Twitter <laughs> or the Slack channel. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. These are about a buck a piece in singles. From yeah, Mauser. the problem is the 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 classic bagel pin is uh is uh obsoleted, but they do have another one that's similar. The part number is PT eight A twenty five fourteen, but they have a PT eight A twenty five eleven that's still in stock. I don't know. I just looked up the uh, the 2514, and it says there's over a 1,000 of them at Mauser. Really? Yeah, you can get the official bagel pin. Ooh, I might have to do that right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. They have over a 1,000. Yeah. Maybe they, they restocked. They uh, restocked the bagel pins. Oh, oh, there's a 2515. What does that do? Oh, advanced bagels. Yeah, one more bagel. This this is oh, under timer a, and support products. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a CMOS chip designed for timer applications. Ooh, maybe we could make this the cat unfeeder IC. 
Let me let me look that up. We'll do some live design work right here. Hot um, design tips from yeah. The it's Revenge just got an oscillator pin and then a relay output pin. Ooh, look at that! The adjustable timer is now goes from it, it was thirty to ten minutes. Now it is thirty to about twenty minutes. <laughs> about twenty minutes, yeah. <laughs> no, it's got the it's got the same calculation except it goes down to one hundred and eighty hertz. Oh, they've extended the range. Yeah. But it's still got the same number. It's got two four five seven two zero divided by eighty one ninety two. Yeah, this is just a slightly modified uh, data sheet here. Interesting. Uh, with, it, it now has two toaster application circuits uh, yes. down at the bottom, so you can you can do it two different ways. It's cute. I you know I'm I'm surprised like. It's weird when so in the RC fil- or the RC calculation they provide the R value as forty seven kilo ohms and then the C as three three two. You don't see that very often where they give the capacitor code as opposed to like its legit value. I mean the same thing, right? But yeah, it's yeah, but I've I've actually never seen that before. Yeah, and I was like, what is that? Three three two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I've uh, I've gotten to the point where I'm like I'm glossing over those numbers a lot because um because of covid there's only four people in our shop and one of them is a pick and place operator and then I'm um the uh, uh CNC mill and I do design work there well every time we put a new program on the pick and place I have to go over there and check it so I'm looking at reels all day long and I look at part numbers for especially on capacitors for their values and stuff. So I'm looking at 105, 106, you know, 222, that kind of thing. Because uh, I check not only our part number, but I check the manufacturer's part number just as a second level of, of check on that. So you see that all the time when you're looking at, at part numbers, but not when it's recommended, especially like when they, when they have, I don't know, it seems like they have two different paradigms going on there, and it's just it's awkward. Ah, so I just looked up um, a slightly different. Uh, uh, it's a Broadcom chip, or no, Broad chip, not yeah, Broadcom bro- chip. Yeah, Broadcom. Uh, broad Raspberry Pis and bagels. Yes, and bagels. Uh, the BCT five five one one. It looks very copy paste, data sheet wise. Uh-huh. Um, but it has a other note here in its in its general like functionality um, description. Is if you basically go, if you try to, if you slow down the oscillator too much, the uh, the IC will stop heating because it thinks the oscillator stopped working. Oh, so it has internal protection based off. Of yeah, if if the IC is switched on over thirty seconds, the IC will stop the heating for safety. Oh, well. So basically, I mean, if your knob breaks on your toaster, yeah, it doesn't just keep heating forever. <laughs> <laughs> for 18 hours. Yes, for 18 hours. Until cat is toasty. <laughs> well, I don't know. It kind of seems like this is not going to work for your application. No, unfortunately. Unless you wanted to get really goofy and have this dump you into a counter. Toaster, con- toaster controllers all the way down? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cascaded toaster controllers. <laughs> no, just have this go into a counter, right? Have this oh, be your I'd master just, clock, right? I think there was a IC someone recommended that is basically what I need. It's a, it's like a low power 
oscillator yeah. with a decade counter built into it. Oh, uh, what is that? Yeah, but that's number? cheating. Like you need to, <laughs> you need to have a bagel counter. You know, it's a M- MC one four five three six B. Let me look that up. MC one four five six three. MC one four five three six B. Three six B. Yes. All right. Let's let's check this thing. Out. Question is: Is it low power? Oh, it, wait. It's just a flip flop. Oh, programmable right. timer. Twenty-four stage binary ripple counter. Uh, okay. Provisions cool. for on-chip RC oscillator. Let's yeah, see what will count from two to the zeroth power to two to the twenty-fourth power. That's plenty. <laughs> That's way more than enough. It it pulls uh, on average typical zero point one microamps of power. Yeah, at room temperature. Yeah. So, so that's hundred hundred nanos. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. So this no problem there. Yeah, this would work. Yeah, that's pretty cute. And you can actually drive the LED directly from the the uh, uh, MSB pin. Mm. So, so technically, you just the trick would be after this is you would have to blink the LED. You or you need one LED to blink to know that you're. It's still operating, and then one turns on fully when it's time to feed. When feeding is enabled, <laughs> it's time to feed. <laughs> the 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 feed you got a chip select feed uh, pin. This is a feed select pin. <laughs> Look at that on chip RC oscillator provisions. So you can do it basically all from here. Yeah, I mean with a little bit of offboard stuff. Hmm. Have to look more okay, so so that almost makes it seem like your next challenge with this is to make it as small as possible. Yeah. Or and also the LED power. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Ninety nine percent of all the power of this device is just going to go to making those LEDs bright. Yeah, that's actually the thing is trying to figure out how to make that. Maybe some other kind of output. Oh, I I got it. I have something that might work. Uh oh! What do we what do we got here? Parker is rummaging through his. I don't know. What, like the, the the room that Parker's in is weird. It's like a back room that's part of his garage, and uh, it's uh, it's become like a lab. Okay, I got my box of I got my box of misfit parts that I've collected over like the last decade. Okay. Every every electrical engineer's got one of these. Oh sure. I see so many Mauser bags. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's this. The greatest resistor in the world that we never built. Oh, the resistor resistor. Yeah, because we could never get it into the platform, so we couldn't feed XYRS data into our Well, it's hard machine. to put 40,000 resistors into the platform. Yeah. I it should took, try again. It took a long time to upload and then yeah, I should try this again. Yeah. We've done some improvements recently on that. Yeah. Um, I'm sure the dev team would love you for doing that. Could you imagine Colbert, who's our uh, our um, he's the director, director of operations? Of he, he would love me if I try to send that job through. <laughs> well, we I think we uh, we even calculated it once, like having the machine, which I think you have a different machine now or a, a, another one, having it place forty thousand resistors was like I can't remember two to three <gasps> solid hours of placing 0402 components. Well, this would be this would definitely be. Um, feature creep but i have a laser we can 
we can entertain the cat when it's not time to feed. <laughs> that is some serious feature creep. We won't do that. Won't that's do that. that's feature creep that you only brought in because you saw the thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where is this that's part I'm looking for? Ah, here we go. It is a eight segment. Um, oh, it's like a flip. It's a fl- a, fl- a flip dot is what they call it. Uh, a flip, oh, but a flip segment. A, uh, electro vein, I think, is another search term you can to find these. But it's a electromechanical eight segment display. And I bet you I can find a. I can either use this, and you can just have them like flip all of them off, right? Yeah. And then you could just toggle one as your blink, right? Because these barely use any power. Well, okay. I mean, the other thing is to keep in mind is like if you're toggling that. There, those are slightly noisy, right? Sure. Well, you don't want that like clicking away in the background all the time. It's going to be in the utility room. It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be in your kitchen, which your nah, kitchen nah. is adjacent to where you watch TV, and you wouldn't want a, a flip oh, dot yeah, display yeah, yeah. just clicking away. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, listen to that for 18 hours. I wonder if I can find just a sig- signal, uh, not signal, single flip dot, like, Dot. Uh, I think Adafruit has some, don't they? Maybe. If that's true, then I would just use one of those. That'd be awesome. I could be... I could be off there. I'm going to look real quick. Because then we could just drive... We can have this MC14536B drive a flip dot, and then that would be very low power. doesn't look like uh, that Adafruit has it. Hmm. Flip dot this displays. is definitely the episode where y'all can hear us Google search. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> this, is, this is the live episode that's not live. Maybe SparkFun? Seems like the kind of thing SparkFun would have. Yeah, it could be. Didn't you have a, uh, a flip dot, like, a, like a, a neon yellow one at one point in time? No, I never did. We've looked at him before at the fab. Maybe maybe that was like a customer that had it. Because the flipdots.com, uh, they do make what we're looking for. Hmm. We just need to find status indicators. Do you got a part number for me website? Why don't you make it super ridiculous and have it flip an LED, like mechanically move an LED and then turn the LED on? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that's great. What what was that website? Flipdot.com? Yeah, flipdot.com. Yeah. <laughs> Flipdots.com, I should oh, say. Oh, okay, plural. Where do you buy these at? Oh well, I think that's the right way to go. Seems power hungry. No, they're not really that that power hungry. While Google or eBay searching flipdot gives you a whole bunch of rifle scopes. Huh. I can get flip dot signs on eBay, but I just need the indicator. Oh, well, I'll find it. But I think that's the right route. Well, right route to go. Seems seems overkill, but I like it. I'm not going to. I think it's good. So much for any thought as Sphero. So you're going to try to use that 24 bit counter? Okay, at least could could it fits the bill? If I can get it to work. Uh, correctly that might be the way to go yeah you know the thing is like you could probably do both functions of blinking the led on a regular basis 
or blinking whatever you need to blink on a regular basis. And the the timer, based on that one chip, just based off of its output, yeah. right? So it seems like a good all-in-one. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, we'll try that. And then I guess you could, I mean, what are you going to drive that chip with? Like, what's the actual clock? Or are you um, going to use its RC? Probably use its RC. Yeah, that might. Because, you, you, like, just like the bagel controller um about is good enough for you right oh yeah i mean we have to hit somewhere between the range of 12 to 18 hours <laughs> man the cat, actually the cat is not going to be happy with actually anywhere about, from <laughs> yeah, anywhere from like 12 to like 22 hours is actually probably acceptable yeah so i am got uh we got one more thing to talk about today real quick i love the idea that you you're gonna I, well, I mean, I don't know. Like, it'll depend on what you have to do. But, like, you call, like, a family meeting to talk about, like, your cat <laughs> feeding box. Oh, I'm like, we now gonna, have you're a gonna process? You're going to have to teach your family, how, yeah, the process on how to use this thing. Nice. Because yeah. they're going to just look at it and be like, this thing is blinking and I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it means the cat food's about to explode. <laughs> <laughs> it's ticking. Why is it ticking? <laughs> so uh, remind me once again. It, it blinks, and then, like, when you actually do feed the cat, because it says it's okay to feed the cat, then you just press a reset button on it? Yeah, it'll just have a reset button. Got it. The uh, Our last subject today, or topic today, is uh, Maxim is being purchased by Analog. Ooh, dun-dun-dun. And it's an unbelievable amount of money. $21 billion. And Steven's doing a little pinky thing. <laughs> Dr. Evil. Yeah, Dr. Evil's. Okay, so, I mean, I don't know if Parker and I really have anything, like, super educated to say about that. Uh, however, one of the things that I'm, I'm, we've mentioned multiple times on this podcast is enjoying Maxim's data sheets because they don't do things like, oh, it's, this is about 30. Yeah. Like, and they have an extensive amount of, like, here's applications and things. Application notes, yes. Although, the one thing that's cool is Analog also does, too. Uh, so when they kind of like gel together, I kind of hope it's like the best of everything. Like the two guys who are really good at these things. Actually, Linear's really good at it also. Linear has yeah. a lot of good application. Uh, the, stuff. The, again, the problem with Linear is like you'll find that it's like Maxim too, actually. You find that one special like uh, God chip, I guess is a good way to put it. And you go look it up on Mauser and DigiKey in the stock of three. Or, like, it's not in stock. Oh, my gosh. Like, well, okay. My boss has asked me to design a bagel toaster. I really need a chip right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of situation, right? Yeah. yeah uh, you know, uh, one of the first situations I had with Maxim or, like, experiences was actually super negative. And it wasn't negative from my side. Like, I didn't have anything against them. But um, I was working under an engineering um, manager and they had used a Maxim chip on a product, and they just said, you know, after hours of testing, we found that this chip did not meet any of the specs. It was well outside the tolerance ranges and whatnot. And so th this person just wrote off Maxim. In fact, they made it a rule. No Maxim chips allowed in any future designs. And I think that's kind of like, okay, yeah, you got burned. I understand, and I would be pissed off too. I think it's a little unfair to just say, like, 
this entire large corporation. Like, we can't touch any of their chips because we got burned one time by one, one time, chip. yeah. Uh, it's just a little unfair. And but the thing is, like every time I've used Maxim chips, I've always been, you know, pleased with them. Uh, I, I I've found personally that their data converters, like their uh, their A to, A to D's and their D to A's, have been on the more affordable range and higher uh, feature set, just in general. Uh, usually, when I'm going and searching for A to D's now, like I've gotten to the point where I'm like. I'm going to search for A to D's and I know that Maxim's going to kind of come in on the high feature, low cost. Just like, because they always seem to do that. In fact, I think I'm using a Maxim chip in a, a Maxim DAC coming up here soon. I've got like, I've got too many irons in the fire right now. I can't even remember. Like I'm juggling them all right now, but I'm pretty sure I have one that I'm supposed to program on Thursday that has a Maxim DAC on it. A 14 bit. <laughs> little fun guy oh. yeah well i think my biggest thing is i gotta find an indicator now because i think leds are gonna be too powerful for the cat unfeeder i'm cat you know the, thing, the thing that i'm a little bit uh concerned about is like you got a flip dot display which is a coil effectively so like it's a mm-hmm. mechanical thing you got to put a bunch of current to move a mechanical thing you know bunch is relative right um, or you could have one led that's the indicator and you're only pulsing it like every you know, 30 seconds, so its power draw is really low. Mm-hmm. But then the one that turns on all the time to let you know it's time to feed, that could be a flip dot. Because then that's just flip, and it just stays that way until you hit the reset. Oh, like it's a flip, it's a latch flip dot. Yeah, it's a latching style. Okay, yeah. yeah. If it's latching, then all it, yeah, your energy payment is just moving it. Yes. As opposed to holding it. Whoa, that website just freaked out while I tried to scroll down and... That was weird. Well, all right. Close off that website. (laughs) (laughs) You got anything else to add, Parker? No, no, I don't. Cool. Well, uh, that was the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. We were your host, Stephen Craig. And Parker Doman. Take it easy. Later, everyone.